Welcome to the Max 6 Community Connections radio show and podcast with your host, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. Max 6 builds better communities where people and businesses thrive. We are broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, and we'll be shining a light on the incredible stories of businesses we work with and how they are serving our broader community. And here is this week's Community Connection. On today's show, we are talking with Suki Janke of the Vice President of Marketing of Programs with the Tempe Chamber of Commerce. Suki, how are you doing today? Good, Kyle. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on our show. So I guess to kick this off, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? How'd you get from there to where you're sitting right here today? Oh my gosh, that's the first 15 minutes. (laughs) I am originally from Northeast Ohio. I moved here about seven and a half years ago for family reasons to take care of an elderly family member. Yeah, how did I get here? That's that's a great question. (laughs) It's been a long road of service, I guess. A lot of my family comes from the hospitality restaurant industry, so I grew up around that. My mom is just like this super caregiver person, always was a great planner and you know caregiver. So I just kind of followed that lead. And so my event and marketing career just kind of blossomed from, you know, initially serving with my kids' PTA, serving on a couple of volunteer boards, taking over events. Next thing you know, I'm in marketing jobs and, you know, traveling across the country with trade shows and meetings. So it's just been an an evolution. But, um, you know, I believe in, you know, when you're taking your journey, you can decide, you know, the path of things that are fun and good and positive and leaving behind the things that aren't good and positive. So I've just always followed that path and it's brought me here working for a great nonprofit. So tell me, so tell me about service. What does that mean to you? Well, you know, service has a lot of levels. It's, you know, it's, it's a feeling that you want people to walk away with, you know, that they trust you, that they, they enjoy your product. They enjoy talking, partnering with you, but it's also, you know, bringing about an outcome that, you know, you can be proud of. So I've had clients from all across the country in the past that I've had to report to, making sure that their vision is realized is service, um, taking care of your community is service, taking care of your coworkers and your friends and your family is service. Um, volunteering is a really big part of my life, whether it's serving on a board or, um, you know, doing a donation drive, working at the pet rescue a few weeks ago. That to me is service. And why do you do it? Because you, because it's fun, because you want to, because you're following the positivity or is yeah. it, is it just ingrained in you? You know, I think that growing up around people that were all about service, my grandparents, my mom, my family, you know, it's just following the lead. And I try to also do that as a mother, just, you know, you know, do by example, do what I do. So again, it's just following that what makes me feel good, what I feel is positive. Just keep moving towards that and, and do more, do more of that. We all need more of that. I think That's, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. We're in times right now that, I mean, whether it's the news or whatever, there's so much negativity out there. And whether it's through behavior, like volunteering for organizations, being of service, or just uh, like, what are you putting out there too? I mean, it's so much easier. It's so much more fun to just wake up and know that you don't have to participate in any of that. And you get to do what you like to do, which is help other people. I consider myself very lucky to be where I am today. So you're with the Tempe Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that and your role. Yeah, so I joined the Tempe Chamber um, a little over three years ago, and I'm telling you, um, Ann Gill, 
really inspired me to take the position. I've always wanted to work for a nonprofit. I thought it would be a charity, you know, a 501c3, but when it really came time to make the decision about where to go, it was the fact that it's taking me back to my roots. I, I once had a little bit of a political career. I ran for city council in my city. You know, I stood up for a lot of different organizations that needed advocacy. And I worked with my local chamber from time to time. So I was like, you know what? This is kind of coming back to full circle in my life of service to work for a chamber of commerce. Um, so, yeah, I've been there for three years. I've been in marketing communications, now VP of marketing and programs. So that means basically the communications, the events, everything that we're doing at the chamber that is seen in the public, you know, I I have some oversight in that. Specifically, um, being an event professional, making sure all of the events are on par and, you know, actually raising the bar is what I should say. So we're always leveling up at the chamber and that's, and that's part of why I'm there. It's been, uh, we're going to talk about a number of upcoming events I know, Mm -hmm. and just, it's been pretty remarkable over the last years, three years, and especially in the last six months, I guess, to see, holy geez, we have to figure out what to do with events because no one wants to do anything in person right now. What are we going to do? And and it's been great events. I mean, I, I'm sure that you've seen things that, hey, maybe we'll do a mixture of some of this in the future. What's it been like trying to figure that out? You know, I think it goes back to part of my journey was, um, you know, being in the trade show industry and being in corporate America, I had a lot of exposure to remote teams, remote attendees, different technologies. So having the partnerships that I have in, in Arizona with my, my MPI family, my meeting professional family, I was able to instantly bring some like, hey, we've got this great partner. He's shown me what they're doing. Minute one, COVID-19, everybody's on lockdown. I was working with him on ways we can make sure we were providing the same content, the same important messaging for the chamber, representing our businesses, um, but doing it safely and protecting everyone. So it has been an amazing six months of becoming a television producer. <laughs> but you know what? It, it came pretty naturally because of the fact that I've always had remote teams. Zoom was something I've been doing for years or some version of it. But producing these events virtually with the partners I've had, like Video West, has actually been a really great experience. So a, a plus side to all of this. That's so I just want to say hello to Jennifer Burwell, who has joined us now from her our, our Max 6 East Valley office. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Sorry I'm late. I was wrapping up a um, community session that we had. And live radio doesn't wait for anyone. So, well, hello. And, and that, Good to see you. Hi. I'm going to pipe, pipe in, too. I don't usually. But also, we, we had a miscommunication on the link. So sorry about that, Jen. Oh, all good. Welcome. I'm here now, and I'm excited. Hi, Kyle. Glad you're here. So I would venture to say that you find your work with the Tempe Chamber pretty fulfilling. Absolutely. What do you think that you would have found that type of fulfilling work, even if it wasn't with the Tempe Chamber, or it seems like Tempe is a pretty special place? Why is, is that part of it that's really making this so rewarding to do? You know, I believe that everybody's in the right time and the right place, and that happened with me. Um, I think I would have been working in the nonprofit industry somewhere. Um, like I said, the t- Chamber of Commerce being a 501c6 was a little different than what I had thought of, but it actually makes so much more sense now that I'm here. So I, 
I would have been working in this in this area in some way or another. And waking up every day to know that I'm helping people, I'm helping businesses, I'm, you know, putting a community together through the events, through the marketing, through what we're doing, through our great programming, which I'm glad Jen's here so we can talk about women in business. But and and everybody's so grateful. I mean, I get notes, I get phone calls. It's just, you know, it's great to know that you're helping and making a difference. And when people tell you that you are, that makes it even more worth it. <laughs> so, um, and, and yeah, Tempe is a very unique community. You know, I am a huge, I come from Northeast Ohio, right outside of Cleveland. So I grew up with diversity, you know, whether it's, you know, different languages being spoken, you know, we had a Polish side of town, we had an Italian side of town, we had an LGBTQ community where I lived for four years, you know, different races. So for me, Tempe always kind of emulated the most diverse community in the East Valley. It just was a great transition for me and for my son, who is an adult. We moved uh, here together um, for him to be in this community as well. It's a it's a great place to run a business. To I mean, diversity and just uh, whether it's because I'm surrounded by entrepreneurs a lot or just different types of people, and I never quite know how my day is going to go. But that makes it so much more fun too. Is just I get to learn all kinds of new things instead of being surrounded by people who are exactly like me and doing what I think they should be doing. They're always telling me about these new cool ways they're doing things and doing things I never would have thought of. And what an amazing way to go through the world to, like you said, uh, seek that out and and be in a place where that thrives. And, and uh, yeah, Tempe is a really cool city. It really is. And coming from the hospitality industry and the travel side of things, you know, we have so many great destinations here, but then we also have like United Dairy right down the street producing, you know, food goods. And we have this kind of mini city feel, but then you go to South Tempe and you get financial institutions, a lot of business disruptors in this community. You know, having ASU in this community is just huge too. So it's kind of like we're a mini metropolis, college town, diverse, awesome sauce kind of city. (laughs) So (laughs) I love the fact that I'm helping businesses here and outside of the community. We do have uh, members that are outside of Tempe. Um, so it's it's great to bring everybody together. So I, I just want to say, I want to get into the women in business because I know you brought it up and we will. Uh, so Jen and I both worked for nonprofits prior to doing this. I actually worked for Jen at uh, the last thing that each of us did prior to this. Uh, and so I really get that, like wanting to work for a nonprofit and meaning it's not about the tax distinction. It's about like what that represents and being able to serve people and help people. Uh, what you're saying to me just makes or to us makes a ton of sense to me of why you would seek that life path because every single day I can feel like I'm giving back by doing this work, whatever I'm putting my time and energy and thought into. Right. And, you know, when I was in corporate, Every company that I worked for, I tried to work on some kind of CSR, corporate social responsibility program, whether it was something that I brought forward in the marketing program or something that was already inside of the organization that I became a part of. It was always the thing that I focused on wherever I was. So if I, for instance, you know, when I was looking for corporate or large business work, I wanted to be that CSR person. Um, So yeah, I, I think we're we're, we're blessed. Service is great. I mean, yeah, it just is. <laughs> <laughs> that brings up two thoughts that I have, Suki. One is uh, one thing that I really love about you in working with you is just 
this, your heart, you have such a kind, generous heart, and you're always looking for ways to support and help people. And so there's a nonprofit that you work with that is one of my favorite stories. Um, and it's always so precious. So you help, you're going to explain this much better than I, but you're a volunteer and you help elderly people with different chores and things. And perhaps that's been put on hold since COVID. I don't know how that's impacted, but I don't know if there's something you want to talk about or share about that organization. Yeah. So that was a, cha- a chamber connection, actually. It was a Women in Business Council a couple of years back. Um, I met the executive director of the t- at the time for Tempe Neighbors Helping Neighbors. And I am really passionate about seniors. I took care of my great aunt for two years. And, and I know the struggles that um, single you know, seniors go through, especially if they're falling on hard times. So Tempe Neighbors Helping Neighbors was a great piece for me because they were like, oh, you can just log on to this system. And when it works for your schedule, there are things you can do. Drive someone to the hairdresser, walk their dog. Of course, my first one was, I want to walk the dogs because <laughs> I love the dogs. So um, I was really lucky enough to work with two individuals that I would meet and see on a weekly basis. Um, the last of which was a Tempe veteran. So I'm also part of the Military Affairs Committee here at the chamber. Um, so it seemed like a great fit. And we just became best friends. And, you know, he was going through a housing situation. I wanted to help him out. So I helped connect him with the people at the city, his housing voucher. You know, he's 87 years old. It's hard to navigate some of these things. I helped him find new housing. And uh, unfortunately, he passed away in July. Um, he did uh, contract COVID-19 and he had COPD to begin with. So, but it, it's been a beautiful journey. And yes, so since Jack's passing in COVID-19, I haven't been volunteering. Um, it is now under the umbrella of TCAA, mm-hmm. um, but they always um, could use help with their pantry service. And I believe they still are, they just started, I believe, um, doing service for Tempe Neighbors Helping Neighbors. Um, and I'll get back into that when when things are moving along. Yeah, that's awesome. I, one of my favorite things is always um, hearing your updated Jack stories when you were helping him. It was always so sweet and so kind. Um, and, you know, I think we all think a lot about the older people in our lives, like my grandmother's in assisted living. And um, you've inspired me to help as more than I typically did because, you know, we all get busy and we can make a million excuses, but um, our elderly population need our love and love and support. And the other thought that came to mind when you were talking about purpose and, and nonprofits is I think um, we talk a lot about at Max 6 is purpose-driven people tend to navigate to um, nonprofit organizations, which are great, that everyone has a great mission. Um, but there are lots of ways you can find purpose or serve people in the for-profit world at Max 6 and in different, um, in our community through just making sure that you find a purpose. So if a business is for good, which most businesses are, and you can really connect to the purpose and the mission and the values, um, you can do good work. And that's one of the big takeaways that I've learned quickly at Max 6, because um, I think we all have servant hearts here. And so going from a nonprofit to a for-profit was a shift Um, but just really connecting to that purpose. So I think that's one piece of advice that I would offer anyone who's listening of just, you know, think broadly about what you care about and connect to a purpose and and not so much worry about if it's a for-profit or non-profit or, um, you know, the different variations. So, uh, yeah, I just thought I would share that. Yeah, and and that's actually a perfect segue for the programming that we do at the chamber because when we meet with yeah. businesses, you know, we ask them, you know, what are your pain points? You know, what are the positive parts about your company? Of course, what can we do to help you? But more than that, you know, what 
is what are some of the goals and objectives of your, what's your mission? Do you have employee resource groups inside of your company? Because when somebody joins the chamber, it's not just one or two primary people, although that's who you may see most often. It's every single person in that organization is now a member of the chamber. So this is a way that your employees can get engaged with something that you know, meets their values and their purpose and giving them a why. So whether it's women in business, sustainability, military affairs, you know, if you're passionate about advocacy, we have a government relations um, and transportation committee that can help guide the um, the chamber's mission on advocacy. There are just so many programs within the chamber, young professionals now, so that our members can have their staff, which are also our members, engage in in these great service programs, and, and they can feed their passions. I'm joining the young professionals uh, <laughs> next old. week. I, I, I found out I still have a few more years left to be a young professional. <laughs> Wait, we're, we're young enough to be on the young professionals? <laughs> yes, yes, I found out recently. What's the cutoff? 40. 40. Yeah, uh, I'm way over. Oh, please. Sorry. So, oh, okay. I well, feel like I should be a young professional. You are. <laughs> you definitely are. <laughs> So what might what might a company say that is a pain point that you're listening for? If somebody's listening and they're saying, well, I'm a business and I'm not yet a part of the Tempe Chamber. And yeah, I guess I haven't even thought about my all these employees that are seeking this opportunity to give back. Mm-hmm. And, and especially if it's a fairly, not mundane, there's not mundane work, but something that doesn't feel like that all the time when you're working. Uh, What do you hear from companies that you say, oh, guess what? We've got something here with you for the chamber. Yeah, so Erica Acorn is our VP of business development. And she is really the first line to talk to companies about what, you know, what they're looking for from the chamber, how we can help them. You know, when I've met with members, it's been a lot of, we would like to get our employees engaged in the community. And, And then I say, okay, great. Well, here's like eight ways you can do that. But, you know, as far as pain points, it's things that I've heard really are just, you know, at the time, congestion and traffic and downtown. But then I say, you know what, we have a system sustainability committee. I happen to sit on the city of Tempe sustainability commission. So I'm kind of like that liaison between the business community and the city um, when it comes to sustainability. And we also have a sustainability program. So, you know, when they, when they have a pain point, you know, where I just try to plug the hole with, Hey, well, we've got this and this is how we can help. And this is how we can help connect because it, a lot of what we do is about connectivity. I mean, it is about visibility and advocacy, but, you know, connecting people, it seems like what we do on a daily basis. Were you the one that nominated us for the Sustainability Award through the city? Yes, last sir. Year? I did it twice. Thank uh, you. So the year before, um, Desert Roots Kitchen won, which is well-deserving, love their food, such a cute place. Um, but then I nominated you guys again. And yeah, so you... Yeah. Well, thank you. Sure. And it, it was an interesting experience because we don't really talk about that a lot at Max 6, but we do a lot of things. Mm. And so we don't have this, um, we talk about conscious capitalism all the time and conscious and people hear that and they think conscientious, although that can be part of it. It's more of this awareness and just thoughtfulness about the things that you're doing, the impact that you're having on uh, your stakeholders. And they said you've been nominated for this award. What are what are some of the things that you're doing to be sustainable? Well, all right, I guess I have to think about that. And before I knew it, I had a list of 15 things written down that we were just doing because it makes business sense. It 
it's there's nothing we're doing that um, is just for the sake of sustainability, I guess. Recycling, solar, all of these things, because it's serving the uh, community who are asking for these things. It's whether it's solar that's giving us some of our power back. It's some, I mean, it was pretty cool to go through and think about that and really be thoughtful about it and say, what are we doing that we haven't even really thought about? And what could we be doing that we now being more thoughtful about it, we could start doing something, something more now. It, it was a really interesting experience, but thank you. Well, see, and that's part of our job. So recognizing in businesses, some of their great assets and traits and shining a light on that. So even though you didn't see yourself as a sustainable business, I did because I was in that seat at the table on the sustainability commission. And with some, you know, we have the program here, you know, absolutely, you guys are a great example and we want to shine a light on that. So that's part of what my job is here at the chamber is to make sure that A, we're providing that why, that purpose, help us get you to your mission, but also, you know, hey, can we shine a light on something great that's going on with your business? And, uh, you know, that's that's our job. That's That's part of what I do and I love it. So that makes me think about um, the military affairs, is it committee or council? Committee. Committee that you're on and all the seats that you fill and the hats that you wear um, and what you were sharing with me that you're doing over at Luke Air Force Base. Um, (laughs) Maybe if you talk a little bit about what you're doing, because it is so badass to me. (laughs) Are you allowed to say that? that? You can say Um, whatever you want. (laughs) So, you know, I have to say that I am really proud of uh, the Military Affairs Committee and the the transformation since I've been here. It was a um, it was a dues based group when I arrived. And by the way, it's going to celebrate 40 years in 2021, 40 years of Military Affairs Committee. So it was a group, mostly gentlemen, that paid dues, and they had lunches and did award ceremonies, and they went out to Luke Air Force Base. And I'm like, you know what? This is such a cool thing. I I, I want the entire chamber to be a part of it. So Anne and I, you know, we went through some meetings with them. We said, hey, listen, we really want to open this up as a chamber committee without dues so that we can have everyone included. We have so many businesses that have, you know, um, military resource groups inside of their community or hire veterans. And we want to do training for how to hire veterans and work with some of the partners in the state to do that. So we opened it up to the entire membership. We also have, instead of funding from the dues, which is why the dues were there, were to help fund the scholarships and the awards that we gave some of the the awardees. It was about, you know, now we can open up to sponsorship and companies can take part in this great military affairs committee. Anyway, so long story short, the Mac has grown. We're doing amazing on sponsors. We just met this morning. I was like, you guys, we are way over our expectations on sponsorships for the year. And that's because the business community really wants to support that mission. So because of that work, um, Janine Rehovit from SRP uh, said, Suki, I was part of the honorary commander program out at Luke, and I think you need to do it. And so she nominated me earlier this year. I filled out the application. I really didn't think anything was going to happen because COVID. Sure enough, a month ago, I got a note that I've been accepted into the honorary commander program. I've been assigned to the, the 309th Fighter Squadron, Wild Ducks. Woohoo! Quack, quack. <laughs> and um, so did an induction ceremony out at Luke. And I've got my handbook, my coin, my T-shirt. And I've been to one event with my fighter squadron. And it was pretty cool. So it's just basically a program where community leaders can become kind of ingrained in the base, learn about what's going on out there. It's not just about 
training fighter pilots. There's a whole community and families and, you know, they've, they've just got this giant facility out there, this big campus with families and, you know, hundreds of pilots and training pilots and, um, and support people. And it's basically getting that information about what's going on there out to the business community. So again, just being that liaison and getting to be part of this world for the next two years is going to be super cool. I guess I'm going up in a plane. They keep telling me I'm going up in an F-16. Life-changing, right? That's I mean, amazing. Yeah. So I get to share that with our MAC, with our Tempe community. And I'm so proud to represent the chamber there. Um, and then in, in, in exchange, then uh, the commander from the 309th will also be engaged with the chamber. So this morning, he was part of our MAC meeting, learning more about him. So he's going to learn what we do here at the Tempe chamber and learn more about our community as well. So it's a two-way street, which I didn't know until I started this. But they get to know us too, so watch out. We might have some fighter pilots walking around here pretty soon. That's awesome. I know. Welcome yeah, fighter pilots. I know. Yeah. That makes me think we really have got to get Scott Marsh connected to the MAC. So Scott Marsh, I think you know Suki is our, our personal trainer down at the gym, yeah. but he has his program where he helps people who are entering boot camp, so new recruits, to get in shape so that they can make it through boot camp. And the work that he does in the transformation – you know, it's been a while since I've been down at the gym, one, because of COVID, but two, because, you know, I try to avoid the gym sometimes, even though I shouldn't. But the transformation that I've seen from the kids who come, and I guess I shouldn't say kids, young adults. Young professionals. Just, they, can, yeah. they can be in the community. <laughs> or the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who start um, to when they are shipping off. There was one one guy in particular who had never been on an airplane before, and he was flying to to boot camp, And it was just like the excitement and the gratitude that they have for Scott and just how much he's able to like help them physically, but also mentally prepare. It's just been awesome. So we really, Kyle, we need to make this happen. We do. And I was sitting here thinking, because uh, he talks about the military affairs committee and like even the impact of people on people that aren't really engaged with it totally at this point, but see what is happening and just like to feel good about this stuff that's happening in the community and feel good that that's something that is an opportunity out there that to go participate in. We need to make it happen. Yes. But it's, uh, he, he talks about it frequently and how happy he is to see it going. Yeah. And that's one of the other things I, I really love about facilitating that and putting these events together is to be able to shine a light on some of these scholarship recipients, ASU ROTC scholarships. Um, we now have a new veterans scholarship that we do. Um, we've got a new award, um, the Kyle Brayer Veteran and Public Safety Award. So having Tempe working with us on putting somebody forward um, who is a veteran, who is in our public safety. I mean, shining a light on these people and celebrating the hard work they've done in some of the units that we do awards for from the Luke Air Force Base. It's one of my favorite things I've been doing in the last three years, to be honest with you. And I never saw that in my vision. It's just something that kind of happened. And, um, you know, it's to put your life on the line once, twice, every day, whatever it is, it's something more than most of us ever have to conceive and think about. So I just feel completely honored to be doing what I'm doing with the Mac and just love it. So thanks for bringing that up. So I have a personal question, unless Kyle, you had looked like you might have. So we talked about all these different areas that you're volunteering, that you're participating in with the chamber, all these different committees, councils, events, 
I think when I came in, you guys were talking about the switch from virtual to in per, or in person to virtual. How, like, literally, like, really, how do you keep it all together? Make it look so easy and flawless. Like I was with you at the leadership conference. And even when there's like some technical glitches, you are calm, cool, collected. You have a backup plan. Like how do I become you really is my question. Oh my gosh, please. First of all, my my children are grown now. So I have a little bit of extra time to put towards things like service. So I will say I don't really have a lot of obligations outside of my work at the chamber and my volunteer stuff. But, um, you know, as far as that fire under pressure, I really think it's my experience in the trade show industry because it is such a precise process to get things to a certain place, set up at a certain time on a certain budget with union labor and whatever regulations you have in that city, state, or venue. You know, it has learned, it has taught me that you have to have, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C. You got to be tough. You got to keep people on schedule. It's like a little slave driver thing. So I kind of do that to myself. I'm like my own worst boss. And I did work for myself for a while. And I'll tell you what, it didn't work out. I fired myself because I am like, I just like to keep things moving along. And um, regardless of how I feel, I've like learned to leave my emotions out of it. Don't take anything personally. Do your best. You know, the whole four agreements thing. But I bring it to work. And uh, so I just, it's trial by fire. Just experienced years of experience of just, you know, overcoming one thing after another. And you become more resilient. So, so I have two quick, one funny story and one thought, and then Kyle, I promise I'll let you ask a question. <laughs> uh, um, but when you're talking about trade unions and labor, so as Kyle mentioned, we worked for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society and every, um, our job, we worked for team and training. And so endurance athletes would train for marathons, half marathons, triathlons, cycle events, and it would be all over, um, which actually is kind of a sweet memory because 10 years ago tomorrow, my husband and I met on a team and training trip in San Francisco and Ooh. Kyle was there and Kyle actually ended up being my husband's wingman. I'm a hell of a wingman. <laughs> Let's start making some time. Let's go. I need, I need a wingman. But at San Francisco, so we would have a big expo because it's a big marathon, half marathon. And coming from Arizona, I didn't really know very much about union laws, but we got out of, we were unloading the truck and we were loading, we were carrying things from the bay to our booth. And we got in huge trouble <laughs> because union labor is supposed to do that. So we needed you because we had no idea. And it was like a big, big problem. Um, that's my only experience I have with, with you know, I think Kyle came to our, uh, you picked up something yesterday from our offices and I was about to hang the television um, in our lobby and I can tell you, I don't know how many memories of, like, you can't hang monitors. You're, if you're in Chicago, you can't touch a plug. You can't get up on a chair. Like, I was thinking of all the things, just like, it's, <laughs> that just reminded me of what you were saying. But yeah, so many regulations in, in different cities. And uh, I have got a lot of war stories from the trade show world. It's, it's wild. It is. But my other question that you made me think of, you know, you were crazy talented and great at multitasking and pulling off all these big events. But like, what do you do to take care of you? Like, what, do you, what is your self-care routine? Oh my gosh. Well, I have recently been going back to the gym since we have the one hour solo appointments downstairs. I've been doing that every other day um, before that, before COVID was yoga. But, you know, I love to cook. 
Um, I like to hang out with my auntie's dog. We make out a little bit. I have to admit, he's my boyfriend. <laughs> he just makes me so happy. <laughs> but in other words, I need to get a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? It's just so different here in Arizona. You know, I don't have my old. I don't have my family. I have some family here, but like my extended family, my friends from high school, my friends from my past jobs. Like it's just, it's just a little different here. So I'm trying to navigate my way from working like a nut all the time and trying to find things to do to like maybe finding a little bit more of a life. What that, you- I look into you guys for this help. See, I need a wingman. I need her help. Like, <laughs> come on. I have no life. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's the life of the party. Karen too. Cool. Yeah, Karen. Yeah, Karen's Karen. in. <laughs> well, hold on. Now I have a follow-up question. What do you like to cook? Oh, so I've been doing a low-carb lifestyle for the last 20 years. So I'm focused on things like a really good pulled pork, nice grilled salmon. I mean, I, pretty much protein and vegetables is uh, much much what I do. But I used to really do a lot of like lasagna, like just the hearty Polish-Irish fare. That used to be my gig. But if I wanted to be a certain way, that's not my gig anymore. <laughs> now, I did raise a pastry chef. So... Uh, he's an amazing chef. My son, Addison, he's working over in Chandler. So what I did is, you know, he loved, he was always a sugar holic. So I said, look, we're doing this no sugar, no processed food, no more fast food. Um, so I feel like I started his career because I made him do his own baking. And, uh, and now he's a mighty executive pastry chef and a sous chef as well. So that's very cool. Yeah. Yummy Thanksgivings at our house. About Vinnie Tortorich at all. Uh, he made a documentary that's on Netflix called Fat about uh, his whole thing's no sugar, no grains. Yeah. Uh, this kind of what you're talking about as far as the lifestyle of what you eat and things. But uh, yeah, interesting. But that's very cool about your son. You have two children? Two sons? Mm-hmm. Two, sons? Mm-hmm. two sons. Leo is my oldest, named after my grandpa, who nicknamed me Suki. So Leo's out in Cleveland. Uh, he actually went to school here, the Conservatory for Recording Arts right down the street. They are a longtime Tempe Chamber member. And so he got his audio engineering um, certificates and degree there, went back to Cleveland and opened up a couple of recording studios, and now he's a sound engineer. And fun fact with that, he was at school the same time as my husband. Oh, huh. really? Did I know Yeah. That? Isn't that weird? And my husband is six years younger than me, so he's baby, if you're wondering. Oh, so your husband is young enough to go to school with my son? That's, yes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for aging me a little bit there. Oh. Love ya. No, I thought, well, I thought That's I was- That's okay. I'm just giving you a hard Not time. a fun fact. All right. It's, it's still fit within the rules of the wingman game. Yeah. So I, yes, my son is 29 and uh, Leo and my youngest is here and he's 26, my, my chef. Very cool. Yeah. So you, you said earlier, one of your favorite things is shining a light on these businesses. Uh, Max six, we talk about advocating capitalism as a force for good. What does that even mean? Shining a light on businesses that are doing really cool and awesome things in the community that whether it's to combat a narrative that can be out there about capitalism as a force for good or just tell the story of refreshed glass that's turning wine bottles into glassware or, you know, any number of companies I could look out the window and point to right here. Um, let's keep shining a light on the Tempe chamber and things. And so you brought up earlier something I know you guys are both really engaged with the uh, Women in Business Council. What is that about? And I know there's a mentoring program that you're looking for mentors for. What does that look like? 
Yeah, so uh, the Women in Business, chaired by our elegant and beautiful Jennifer Burwell, um, you know, it's a longtime program within the Tempe Chamber to help um, women, you know, navigate through the business career. And a lot of the programming, well, all of the programming is open to men and women. And we do have male members of the of the WIB, and we've had um, male members of our mentoring program. So yeah, the mentoring program is one of the programs within the Women in Business, which is a really active uh, council. So we have, um, we start out with the mentoring program. We have the speaker series, which is in January. We have our leadership conference, which is held in May, but we just had it because it was postponed. And then we also have the Businesswoman of the Year program. So it's a very active uh, group. We have a lot of work to do. Um, Education and content is key in almost everything that we're providing. And uh, so the mentoring program is a six-month program that is a monthly workshop that you, so you actually get paired with a mentor or mentors and protégés get paired together, I should say. And then you have these workshops monthly from December through May. And you get to then meet with your mentor afterwards and kind of discuss things and meet throughout that whole six-month program and and help each other navigate. Because I believe in mentoring programs, are, there's plus on both sides. So mentors get a lot out of it. Protégés get a lot out of it. But we try to match people up based on not only the DISC assessment, but what they're looking for from a mentor. Um, and then we pair those folks up. And I can tell you that from a lot of the stories I've heard over the years, these pairings you know, end up working together and partnering in many ways over the years through different jobs and everything else. So it's a very impactful program. That's, that's awesome. And it's interesting, um, Mike Rowe, the guy on TV, Dirty Jobs, Micro. Okay. <laughs> uh, he he talks about, he has something called the Micro Works Foundation. And he talks a lot about people in the trades and how we've been sort of fed this narrative that everybody has to go to college. And, and uh, now there's less people doing certain trades. They're being paid all kinds of money and it's really important and, and meaningful work. And how in some of these trades, there's such a really good and established apprenticeship mentorship program. And so when I see it in business and, and, uh, with just, you know, people that come to an office building and it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's such a more well-rounded or, or less based in theory, I guess, education than even anything in school is just working one-on-one with somebody who's doing it right then. It's got, I, I haven't participated with this program. I know Jen and, and Suki, you have, but uh, I mean, it's got to be powerful. Some of these things that you see coming out of it of, wow, that that person really took off or look at, like you just said, the connection they made and they're still working together today. It's, it's got to be pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't know, Jen, if you have any comment, but I can tell you that mm-hmm. some of the pairings watching the change in, in, in the people that are participating and the end result after six months of going through this program, you know, it's, I, I did, I have seen transformation in a few people. I'm not going to name any names, but we've got some members out there that have mm-hmm. really just kind of come out of their shell, started to really emote some more courage and get it out there kind of feeling because of the mentor they were working with. 
And I think that mentor also learned a lot. So there are several instances of that throughout the years. But um, yeah, applications are actually open right now. Um, and we do have a women in business tab under our events and programs where you can pull those applications up to become, if you're looking for a mentorship, I've always had a mentor in every industry or job I've been in. I'm a huge believer that you need to always be learning and who else to learn from, but somebody that can help guide you through your path, right? So um, those applications are open if you're looking for a mentor or if you feel like you're, you know, I'll just put it back out there. If you feel like you're a, a badass in life and you can help walk somebody down their path, you know, being a mentor is very, very rewarding um, and, you know, a great way to engage in the chamber. Yeah. And I would just echo everything Suki said. I've seen um, people really just changing their demeanor and the way that they carry themselves. But I've all, and we've also seen some people get really clear on their purpose. I mean, some extreme things is like they left their job and got a different job because it was more aligned with what they were trying to do. But I've seen also on the other side, like the mentors also grow so much in learning um, and just learning from other people in the way that they think. And so um, it's just, it's my favorite program of the year. I mean, all at, when we're going through each of them, they're always my favorite when we're going through it. But as I reflect, they really is my favorite. And and just a quick plug for women in business and, and why it's so special to my heart is um, Kyle and I were on this journey for years, but this started maybe like four years ago where we were tasked to find a group from Scott McIntosh, um, co-founder of Maxix, to find a networking group that you want to be a part of. He didn't really care what it was. It was just get out there, find something you connect so I will spare you the horror stories of some of the other groups that I participated in, and I'm definitely not naming names, but it just wasn't for me, right? It just wasn't the right connection. And I will never, honestly, never forget walking in um, to the first Women in Business Council meeting. And it was the first meeting where I really felt like welcomed. Um, everybody was so warm. Um, Margo was the chair. She was She was great at introducing me to people. It was a group, like like Suki said, so our, our council is a working council, so there was a lot of work to do, but there were so many opportunities to get involved and to contribute, and it just felt like home, um, and I know that it's not going to feel like home for everyone, but if um, anyone is looking for a group, men or women, because we do have men who participate in our monthly meetings and contribute enormously, try it out because it, it really is an amazing group of, of people. And, and the connections that I've made through the years from just the connections and the relationships and friendships and introductions have truly been um, awesome. So there's a lot of places in the chamber to find your home. And that's another great thing. Um, but try out the women business. Yeah. And the workshops are powerful too. So, you know, we ask members of the chamber to come and present to the, to the mentoring program. So whether it's, you know, the mentoring program or our speaker series or our leadership conference, for me, I'm really passionate about making sure we're putting together really good content, things that will help, you know, folks navigate their business journey, whether they're an employee, whether they're a leader, um, you know, giving them some aha moments because, through all the things that I've done in my career, it's all about like, you want to walk away from something going, okay, that was a little life changing. (laughs) And that's my, that's kind of like my goal. Make sure everything's a little life changing. That's a good goal. That's I'm going to write that on my mirror when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning or something. I mean, every single day and just make be life changing a little bit. I actually have a sign in my room that says, do something amazing every day. And yeah, and I put it in a spot where I have to see it every day. So, so 
you guys have both said things that I'm just thinking of somebody listening and, and it's, it's this thing I've been thinking about that's the small version of it is like, all right, where do you live? Meet your neighbors. Cause you'll meet some really interesting people that, you know, find out what they're up to and how you can help each other. And I was thinking about it when you were talking about what you're doing at Luke Air Force Base and, and, uh, talking about just now with, uh, Jen uh, saying, walked into this room and, hey, I'm just going to figure out what's happening here and see if it's a fit. And I think it's just, I mean, for people that feeling, I don't know, stuck or, or whatever it is, or feel like they have more to give or that they haven't quite totally aligned their their work and energy with their purpose. I think just that concept of meet your neighbors and the the chamber is such a easy way to be introduced to concepts and people and ways to get engaged and figure out like what fits for you. Cause what you said is probably exactly right. That whether it's the uh, military affairs committee or the women in business or whatever, maybe it's not a fit, but there's so many opportunities here that, Hey, go try some things out and figure out what is a fit for you because there's lots of fun to be had. Yeah. And I don't think I've gone through a committee meeting, especially on Zoom. It's nice to have the chat where I say, oh, by the way, you need to meet that person and I'll introduce you because there are a lot of connections that go on within committees. When you come to a committee meeting or you come to a mixer, it's like, oh yeah, you got to, you got to meet this person. And you know, there's a connection. So yeah, hundred percent. What, so you're the next thing, the next event you guys are putting on, you guys, Suki, the next event you are putting on. It's all of us. It's a team effort. Come on. <laughs> is the state of the city. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that and how people can uh, sign up, uh, find out more. Sure. So state of the city is our largest signature event of the year. We have six or seven signature events. This is traditionally our largest. So the city of Temp- or the mayor of Tempe uh, gives the state of address every year. This will be Corey Wood's first state of the city. So excited to have uh, to be helping him with his first state of the city. This year it will be virtual. Um, last year we had 625 exact people at the Marriott Buttes, and I'll tell you what, that room couldn't fit another person. Well, we now have over 700 folks registered for a state of the city. So virtual, again, has its upsides. Get that content out to more people. More folks can have eyeballs on that event. So that's October 30th. It's going to be a live broadcast like many of our events have been live from Video West. Um, There's going to be some great footage from the city, but we'll be able to hear from from Mayor Woods directly. And then we're going to have a little fireside chat with um, Ann Gill and, and the mayor so they can, you know, have some more banter back and forth, bring in some great content. So uh, just go to tempechamber.org. Our signature events are right at the top of the page or at the bottom of the page. And uh, if you've got ticket, if most of our um, membership investments come with ticket credits. So if you have ticket credits, you can use those for the event. So yeah, that's state of the city. But we also have this Friday, we have our emerging issues forum, which is meet the candidates. And so we're going to have our four endorsed candidates, Congressman Stanton, uh, Senator Sean Bowie, and then the Representative uh, Jennifer Germain and a candidate for that representative uh, seat, uh, Bob Robson. So we're going to have all four of them on a little panel discussion this Friday morning at 8 a.m. Um, again, you can find it right at our website. But yeah, this is this virtual scene is is actually working out nicely because we can get to a wider audience. People can join from their desk, from their office, whether they're at home, you know, it's just no driving to or from. It's kind of nice that we're getting more and more participants in the audience. It is nice. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't think it'll change. So obviously it'll change at some point, right? That 
the Wolves start doing more in person, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. But I think this is something that we don't have to, but we get to keep going forward is this opportunity to engage so many more people. Tempe is a big place. I mean, yeah. it's a small city, big, you know, there's lots of people here and Arizona is a big place and, you know, mid-sized state, but lots of people here. So how do we globally give more people the opportunity to find out what's going on and hear from Mayor Woods or find out about who's on the ballot and hear directly from that person as opposed to hearing about it? And uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it's a real big silver lining that we're going to keep from all this, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And just to go back to our leadership conference, it was very cool to have the president of the U.S. Chamber join in our event. I mean, that wouldn't have happened if we weren't in a virtual world right now. So I agree. We need to keep some of this around. We need, because it's just more audience, just like this podcast today, right? You know, my parents can listen back home in Ohio, you know, so it's just a really great way to increase the reach. So anything else coming up for the chamber? yeah. Well, tell us, tell us anything that you want to tell us about about what's coming up with the chamber, and then we have two questions that we'll ask at the end of this, which have nothing to do with anything but our curiosity, and we ask everybody. Okay, so uh, I, I did mention that the mentoring program applications are open through the end of the month, so it's not necessarily an event, but it is a lead up to a program that's very important. So you can get those on our website, State of the City talked about. I brought my list. Um, So we're going to, the Military Affairs Committee is going to be doing its annual Copper Five Honors event. And that's where we um, recognize two outstanding leaders out at the 161st Refueling Wing. And the awards are the Truman Young Awards, which are based on um, two fallen, uh, there was a Copper Five crashed in 1982. Um, So these are memorial awards that are given out by the 161st. So that's going to be November 13th. We're going to do that as a Zoom broadcast from the 161st. We have our Emerging Issues this Friday. And uh, we'll be having another Emerging Issues in December. It's generally the first or second Friday of the month. And that we'll be talking about diversity and inclusion. So always keep an eye out. There will be things popping up in the schedule that I can't talk about yet. But always keep a lookout and read the newsletters because we list everything um, that's going on there. That's so mysterious and intriguing. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to have a, <laughs> this is the podcast a, after the podcast. <laughs> intriguing to other people is a little stressful for me, but yeah. I, I work through it. So, okay, let's get to our questions. Yes. They, as I said, they have nothing to do with anything other than our curiosity. And uh, we ask them to everybody that's on our show. Okay. So the first question is, what is your favorite all-time book? And if it's different, which would you recommend? So I have to say, I mean, I, I, I actually wanted to be a writer and I love storytelling. The novel is a great piece of literature, but I have to say that my favorite book is The Four Agreements. Just because it has made such a giant impact on my life, the way that I think, the way that I treat people, my word even though it's a daily struggle to live the four agreements, I think about them every day. So that has to be my favorite book. What is it short enough that you could say what they are basically the four of them? Well, yeah. Be impeccable with your word. Always do your best. Um, don't take things personally. And sh- why is the other one not coming to me right now? Come on, Karen. I know you know it. <laughs> It'll come to me. That's all right. That's <laughs> Be impeccable with your word. I think I said that. Yeah. Those are good. Do your best. Don't think things personally. Uh, 
Anyway. Those are good. Those, those, those are, are the good. ones I concentrate on, obviously, since those are the ones I remember. <laughs> this uh, the answers to this question are always fascinating, and and it shows some people say fiction books, some nonfiction, uh, and but what the meaning is for people's lives is, I think, what's more interesting. And hearing that it's something that you've like made a part of your life. It's not just something interesting you read, but is a part of what you do every day. It's yeah. that's really cool. The fourth one is don't don't uh, make assumptions. Thank you, Karen. Got it. That is a big one for me because I always <laughs> jump to conclusions. All right, are you ready for my question? Yes. Make it easy. Can I cheat and have two? Pardon? Can I cheat and have two questions? Oh, you can have one and three quarters. Okay. Um, the first one is, what is one lesson or skill that you've learned through this pandemic that you plan to take forward with you? One lesson or skill I plan to take forward during this pandemic. Wow. Yeah, that's tough. Well, you know, I've become a Zoom expert per se, I guess, but I've learned how to make really good Zoom backgrounds. <laughs> And you've become a TV producer. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. you know, that that is true. I don't know if it's I'm a good TV producer, but um, I'm feeling quite savvy these days. No, I think you're you're up there with the best. If there's an award for TV producers, I think you should get it. Awesome. <laughs> um, my second question is, what is one thing um, that people don't typically know about you, but would be surprised if they found out? Wow. I feel like I'm an open book, so there isn't a lot. But a lot of some, and I, I think I always use this answer because a lot of people don't know this about me, but I did run for city council when I was 28 years old in the city that I lived in. And then when I didn't make it in, uh, which wasn't a big surprise, um, I ended up sitting on the city planning commission for two years. And I learned a lot there because we did a lot of, you know, city work and planning and, you know, whether it was conditional use permits or new developments, traffic flow, learned so much in that. But so, yeah, I used to kind of be involved. I didn't know that, but that doesn't really surprise me. And I've literally always wondered who are the people who sit on the planning committees? Like, who are these people? And <laughs> it makes so much sense. And it's it would be so interesting. Yeah. You never cease to amaze me. All right. I have one more question, but I'll save it for later. Save it for next time. Well, this was so fun. I want to do this like every week. Please. Cool. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, you know what? I mean, we, from Max 6 perspective, I, for my perspective, for sure. And I'm sure Jennifer, yeah, Karen, I mean, it's, I, I couldn't, for anybody listening, uh, couldn't endorse the Tempe Chamber of Commerce enough. And, and, uh, there's so much that happens even behind the scenes that, you know, the advocacy and the and just the the groups that we've talked about a, a little bit today and not enough and, and the people that are part of it and the community that's a part of it and what it really means and the impact that it really has. Even if you're just a smidge 1% curious, go check it out. It's easy to just show up and see if it fits for you. And, and you know what? It probably does in some way. So it's uh, we've gotten so much value out of it from Max Six perspective, and I personally have gotten so much value out of it from my uh, to your uh, earlier statements around service and just uh, feeling like you're doing something that's meaningful every day in the world. It's a uh, 
awesome organization and 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 you get the opportunity to hang out with Suki sometimes. So that's Wow, and I get the awesome opportunity to hang out with you guys. And yes, thank you for your service on the board of directors. So yeah. Yeah. Great. So Suki, can you I know you said it earlier, but uh let anyone listening know how to find you online, the website or social media or anything else? Sure. So uh tempechamber.org is our website and just about every single program and event that I've discussed here today is right there uh, at your fingertips. You can give us a call at the Tempe Chamber. Um, our information is on there on the website. And if you look under staff, you can contact us individually, um, reach out to Erica for uh, memberships and then anything you might want to know, we're happy to help with. My email address is suki at tempechamber.org. S-U-K-K-I. Great. So thank you, Suki, for being on the show today. It was a great conversation. And until next time, thank you for being an awesome part of the community. Love you guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Max 6 Community Connection radio show and podcast with your hosts, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. We are off to continue building better communities where people and businesses thrive and telling the stories of capitalism as a force for good through the businesses that we serve. To be a part of the conversation, join us for a tour of the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, or find us at max6.com.